Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. So, Greg and Andrew, why don't you just come up here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, forgive, forgive me. I wanted them to have a back, but they they don't have a back. Um, okay, okay. So uh, Greg and Angela Ken, and um, is is that noise me? Is it? Do you, do you want me to do something else? No. Okay. So. Oh, okay. One, two, one. Uh, I think that Okay, so is, is that does that does that work, Angela? Hello. Okay. Okay, so um, you'll remember it was uh, a few months ago when I, um, I, I for me I got quite excited one Sunday. And I announced that uh, Angela was going to come and speak at our weekend away, and uh, I, and I have been quite excited about that uh, since that moment. And then we met for coffee, and I was even more excited. Um, and because just because I think that there are there are things uh, there are things that we can learn here. I first met uh, Greg and Angela. I'm not sure. I must have met Greg, but I don't remember. Um, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. I don't think you met him. Oh, okay. So I didn't meet him. So it's not that I don't remember. Um, but we'll get on to that. You know, Greg's not remembered, and, and yeah, yeah. So um, and but I first met Angela about it must now be ten and a half years ago, when I was on a trip to uh, South Africa. I was in Cape Town, and. Um, we had connected with uh, the pastor of the church that Angela was at, Simon Pettit, and and we as a local church in Catford were seeking to build this big diverse church, and and they had this big diverse church in Cape Town. And one of the reasons we didn't know that at the time, but one of the reasons we discovered they had a big diverse church in Cape Town was actually because of Angela. One of the reasons. So. Uh, we met Angela and we spent an afternoon with her in, in the townships of, uh, or certainly of Kailisha, and we, we went around there. And there was just some amazing stories and amazing uh, things that sort of we witnessed. And so, um, I, I, you know, we didn't, I, I didn't really keep in touch with Angela, let me be honest, I didn't keep in touch with them, but I'd met Angela and that had had an impression on me. In fact, I write about Cape Town in my, in my book that it had a real impression on me. Um, and I knew then they were in the UK for a while. And then when I when this opportunity came, I was like, uh, I need to get Angela to us. So I wanted to interview them both because because I know that Angela uh, literally travels all the time. Isn't that right? Yeah. And I think your diary's booked up for how long? Till June next year. June next year. So Angela travels and Greg doesn't do so much of the traveling. Or maybe you travel with Angela occasionally. Yeah. 
Um, but it's, but I, so I just wanted us to, to have a conversation with this uh, couple about how that kind of thing has worked. Okay, so let's start with just uh, uh, life and family. Why don't you say something about your family? And Greg, I will ask you some very specific questions. I hope that's okay. I know you don't want that. But, yeah, I know you will. But, uh, but why don't you just say a little bit about your family? And, uh, and then Greg, why don't you say something about your work and what you've done over the years? Okay, we have three daughters, eight grandchildren. We are rich in grandchildren. Two of our daughters fortunately live here in the UK, and one is still back in Cape Town. Uh, what else do you want to know? So how, so, so how old are they? How long have you been married? We've been married a long time. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Forty-three years. Uh, uh, Older than lots of yeah. you. Yeah. So we like this kind of thing because we don't have that. That here, yeah, so yeah. we quite like this kind of. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It is possible. Yeah. So wh why don't you say something about? So you guys grew up in South Africa. You um, uh, probably uh, under under apartheid for a while. Why don't you say something about that? Life? Okay. So yes, um, in South Africa, as I'm sure most of you know, the apartheid laws were quite strict stricter than what you could ever, ever imagine, in which it was law that white and black people um, were not allowed to mix at any point. No friendships, no mixing at schools. We had separate white and black schools, separate churches, separate everything. Separate entrances in our shops, separate train carriages, separate, separate, separate. And it was law um, we grew grew up frightened. We were frightened of black people. Black people were frightened of white people. We never even re realized, you know, when you grow up in this atmosphere, you ha you know something's wrong, but you can't put your finger on it because it's it's from birth. It's there in you. You taught it at school, um, so you don't know you don't know how to correct it. Fear is in the atmosphere all the time, fear and anger and hatred. And though as white people seem to be so free, but white unless everybody's free, nobody's free. And so, um, uh, yeah, it was awful really. Um, yes. So you, I mean, just say a little bit about, you, you, you might, I'm sure you will remember, I remember that moment in history when, when Nelson Mandela was released when um, uh, and then when he became president and obviously things began to change and I know they began to change in churches. Why, why don't you say something about your experiences of that, that, that process, that process of change? Well, I went into the townships in the 1980s which was the darkest, darkest, darkest times because something was changing and so the white government was putting force on and shooting and killing and maiming and so on. And that's when I broke the law of South Africa to actually go into the townships to make friends. Now, people said to me at the time, how can you break the law? But you see, the law wasn't biblical. You don't break biblical, you don't break laws of your nation. 
That is, you know, don't steal, don't don't drive too fast. Yeah, we know we know about those laws. Yeah. Um, but when a law is not biblical, you go, you be biblical. And I read that Jesus had broken down the dividing wall. And I just thought, now what's going on here? And there's a, a long story involved. Uh, and I went into the townships, frightened out of my wits, to make some friends, really, thinking, well, I'll make some friends and then give them the gospel and then I'll come home because I'm so scared. Um, but having gone into the townships, made lots of friends, led people to the Lord, loved being there. I knew what I was born for. I knew why I was alive. When I went home, I was frightened out of my wits again, thinking I'll never go back again. But the next day I was back, coming alive, knowing what really what I'd been set aside for. Um, and then in the process, meeting up with the security police who got to know me. I sneaked in at first, but they got to know about me. And so they tapped our phone and they came to fetch me to take me to jail. And all the old stories that you hear about in the history of South Africa um, is my history, really. Yeah. And so walk that through. Uh, in 1989, we never thought... We, you know, I remember um, a sh we built a shack uh, for one of our church people because hers had been destroyed by fire. And uh, we'd given her this lovely tea set. And I remember having tea with her. And we laughed with her. We put our fingers out all posh, you know. And it rained the next day. And I got a phone call to say the security police had come and bulldozed all the shacks in the rain. And when I went to this area... I saw the bulldoze shack with the tea things all broken that we'd had tea in the day before. Horrible. And I just wept. And I said, how long, Lord? Not realizing that 1990 Mandela would be out. Yeah. Can, can I just ask a question with Greg? I know. How did you feel when Angela's going into townships? Um, I, I had a, 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 a proper job. I used to work on. <laughs> I, I I used to work on 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 the South African railway, and I was away from from home a lot um, because we were quite short staffed on the railway, and you had to work a lot of lot of overtime. And Angelia used to go into the townships, and um, I didn't feel any anything much. I wasn't. Uh, involved as much as Angela about going in, going into the townships. I used to go in occasionally, but I I didn't uh, really feel anything. I knew that it was um, that she was doing what God wanted her to do, and uh, so yeah, I didn't didn't feel much, didn't say much. Uh, yeah, it was about like that. Yes. So you didn't you went. Fearful on her behalf or anything like that? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, I won't let Pauline walk down the road. Uh, no, uh, uh, I think I was I was away such a lot. Manjali used to go into the into the townships in the in the day when I was at work, and um, 
She yeah. didn't tell me half the stuff that <laughs> <laughs> that she was, she was up to. Otherwise, maybe I would have panicked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, just one other question, Greg. At what point did it become apparent to you that Angela clearly had a, a call of God on her life, which meant she wasn't just going to either be at home or go and get a regular job? At what point did you realise, oh, okay, this is going to be different? Or did it never? Did that never occur to you? I, 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 it's quite a difficult question to answer. I think I was um, a different man in in those days, okay. as as the man sitting here. I'm going completely different. I was um, very self centered, and I was everything was about me, and uh, I wasn't really bothered about. Okay. What Angela was doing because I was a Christian, but I was uh, I became a Christian two two weeks before Angela, and uh, I was one of those those people, one of those Christians that just plodded along. And when Angela became a Christian, she took off like a rocket, <laughs> and, and and she read she read the Bible and she believed everything that she saw in the Bible, and she lived by that. And uh, I lived by looking after myself. I was more worried about myself. And then if that happened today, it would be totally different. I think if what Angela did to what she did those years ago, she did those today, I think my reaction and my response would be totally different. So I'm just trying to be honest as how how I felt. Yeah. Yeah, That's really helpful. Thank you. Okay, so so if we just continue this story of um, you've you've got this sense of you find what you're meant to do. You're in the townships. You're you're working with people. You're helping people. You're praying. How long, Lord? How long? Um, just just walk through that story. Were you at what is now Jubilee at that time, or Jubilee Church, Cape Town, or? Oh yes, I was at Jubilee, but I didn't go into the townships for Jubilee or from Jubilee, I did it as an individual. Going from, I'd taken a sabbatical from work and uh, a year off. And in that year, I just went to see it. The Bible said do this, so I went to do whatever it said. So I got involved in lots of evangelism and street preaching and door-to-door and you name it. Part of it was... Um, going into the townships. But there is a story before that, which I I won't have time to talk about tonight. Um, So it wasn't just me sitting at home saying, now I'm going to the townships. You've got to be nuts to do that. (laughs) (laughs) It was more being invited in by people from the township, come and see, um, which is a big privilege. Um, So... I would go in from home and then go to church as normal on a Sunday. Our church was white with a smattering of, we, we have these def, definite color groups. Color means everything in South Africa. And so you have black and colored, which is called mixed race, yeah, and white. And, um, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah no. I lost my track of train of thought. You know, but when I speak on these things, it's quite 
looks it's very real you know yeah you're talking about the church and and, oh, so and the church of white and mix and and a few a smattering of mixed race but no black um but i went for two years into the townships made friends started what a church plant didn't know i was starting a church plant it mm. just I mean, you lead people to the Lord, and you've got to look after them, and so I taught them, and but it is. And the next minute, someone said, "Oh, it's a church plant." Okay. And now it is a proper, a proper planted, real church, whatever. Um, but then two years um, later, God spoke to me and said, "Now go and fetch some people from the townships and take them into what is Jubilee in Cape Town." And oh, did you share that with anyone, or did you just no, decide no. you're going to take them in? Yeah, God said. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did God God said? <laughs> but I didn't think of the bigger picture okay. or permissions, and it didn't enter my head. No. Surely you don't need permission to bring yeah, people yeah, no, that no. you lead to the Lord into church. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought people in, went into the township at night, to went to the township in the morning, did church, went to the white church in the evening. So from that evening I went into the township, picked up a carload of people and brought them to the white church and then took them back afterwards. It was an awful experience because black wanted to mix with white, but white didn't want to mix with black. Yeah. And so my friends came in, sat down, white people were buying books or whatever, came back, saw a black person sitting there, moved their bags and moved away. And you just want to die of embarrassment and weep. It was awful. It, the, it was awful. And when the communion went around, everybody took bread. When the glass came, one glass, sip, 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 white lips, white lips, white lips, black lips. Let's pass it on. Very real. And you got your friends with you. And I would drive home just apologizing and asking for forgiveness and just saying, you don't need to come with me. I can't do this to you. And they said, Mama Angela, we are coming with you. We are going to make all you white people human. <laughs> which is brilliant and they stuck it out they stuck out um, what was quite awful having to retrain people's minds yeah. you go to Jubilee now it's way over a thousand people pumping multiculture can sing any language can and you know at times I would say to God I don't want to do this anymore the cost was so high I can't explain it was just so high and when I go back now, it's like God takes my chin and says, now look around. Aren't you glad you didn't give up? Because it's, it's so multicultural, a real model of what God can do. Wow, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. Um, so then um, you were doing that for a number of years, and I think I probably met you just during that period of, of, of time. Um, but clearly God had other plans. Why don't you just say a little bit about that? Well, it was that? 20 years, 20 years that I was in the townships with so much happening. It's just, I mean, it was miraculous, really, what God did. Um, but then I'd, our church had become so multicultural 
and weren't, you know, I did racism workshops and the whole thing. And I think it had come to a point where it was becoming, multicultural was becoming normal. And therefore, I started looking for, well, what's next? Lord, give me something, a challenge. Well, it is, because as a Christian, one's always got to live on the edge. If you get comfortable and you don't need God, scary. It's so scary. So, I mean, I'm one of those silly people who says, Lord, give me a challenge. And when he does, you think, oh, why? Why wasn't I happy to be comfortable? Um, but then two, two UK churches, um, Bermondsey and Maidstone, asked me to come over for three months each, six months, and come and serve two churches, and then I would go back home. That was ten years ago. So I was on staff, and they gave me six months off to come over. Well, we hardly got here, and other New Frontiers churches said, what about us? You haven't. We have, we've got lots of friends in the UK. What about us? What about us? And so on. And so I extended it. And eventually, after a year, one of our elders, Lex Loisides, if you've heard his name, said, just ride the wave. God has got a wave in the UK that you must ride. And when it comes to, to shore, you come back to Cape Town. Ten years ago. And we're still here. <laughs> So I thought, I really thought my big work, my life, you know, it's not often a Christian can say, I've done a work I can take you to. It's it's done. What a privilege. What a privilege. Um, but I thought that was the work. And now I'm going to coast. But actually being in this nation is the work. Because this is cross-cultural. <coughs> For someone from a different culture to come in, and nothing's the same. It looks the same, it might be, but it's not the same, and I've got to adapt all the time. And I'm, uh, come on, let's go. And I go, can't go too fast, you know. And so you've got to learn, you learn all the time. And so it's been a massive learning curve to be here, but great. Well, that's a long wave, isn't it, 10 years? That is a long that's wave. A um, so you're, you're here now with us this, this weekend, and... Uh, uh, you can look out and see the folk. Um, they rather nice looking, hey? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Good bunch. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I don't know what it reminds me of home. It does remind us of home, yeah, yeah. as in Cape Town home. Yeah. Mm. Not Cambridge. No. No, but no, no, that wasn't no, no. there. No, no, no. <laughs> look up. We've got two homes. You can, you, you know. Um, the UK is home. Cambridge is home. Yeah. Um, but Cape Town's also home. We'll yeah. always yeah. be. Cambr Cape Town's home. <laughs> yeah. 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 But Cambridge is home. Yeah. And if God moves us on somewhere else, then that will be home. That's yeah. just we are. We hang loose. Hang loose with Jesus. You know? Okay. Cool. Well, you're going to hang loose with us for the weekend. We're going to hang um, loose. Cambridge is wonderful, by the way. No, no, it didn't. yeah, yeah. Rayanne is in Cambridge. Yeah, and the church is. Yeah, Jolie, really, you know Jolie yes, from your church. Yes, the church. You're invaded by Cambridge people. The church is brilliant. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, so so Angela, I, you know, we've chatted a couple of times about this weekend. Why don't you just say what would be your, you know, I mean, you're going to be talking tomorrow, but 
your your heart for the church as you've come, as you've I suppose you've only chatted to me really, unfortunately, but you'll get to meet them all and they're lovely. Um, so why don't you say, you know, your hopes for this weekend, your heart for this weekend? Well, you see, having been in the townships, just me with nothing, and having to rely on God, having to see what the Bible says and rely on, on Him, is quite scary. You know, if you read the Bible and you can depend on when you've got stuff around you to depend on, you can say, well, yes, the Bible's true. But when it's you and nothing else, it's so, and security police, and it, it's so scary. And then you think, do I really believe what the Bible says? Do I really? It's a real test. But the Bible was true. I proved it over, and I, I stood the Bible and said, Lord, you said, now what are you going to do? And he did. He came through. I watched him do the most incredible things. I watched the power of an individual, then a few individuals. And then eventually when the church got involved, I watched the power of the church. Oh, my word. Do you know, we as the church, I mustn't say my whole thing of the no. weekend, is so powerful. And that it starts with us knowing who you are in God. And then knowing the role of the church, and then the outward looking. That's the journey we will be on this weekend. Well, it's, uh, it's wonderful to have you here, and uh, uh, we're really looking forward to it. So why don't we give them a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I... Think we're, uh, where, where's Jen? Jen? Why don't you have just listened to a Beacon Church recording? If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.